0: What's up, everybody? On this week's episode of Guys Talking Sports, we discussed the NBA. Uh, We discussed a lot of stuff going on in the NBA. Uh, We also discussed the NFL, the 17 game season, the 17 17 being added to the playoffs. We discussed the MLB with the Astros and possibly the ramifications of moving down to the league. So make sure you tune in to this episode, guys. What's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of Guys Talking Sports. It's your boy A, Big Cat. I'm here, my boys. Well, my boy. We got one that's on temporary assignment. Should be joining us shortly. But my man E, he's here. What's good?
1: Oh man, living a day, always living a dream.
0: And as you can see, I'm wearing a hoodie because a brother's too lazy to cut his hair. Well and I, yeah. and if I if I pull this back you see too much of a glare. So I'm gonna just go ahead and just pull this forward.
1: <laughs> well you do not have to tell everybody that aspect. <laughs> if you're too inconvenienced to cut your dome. Maybe you I'll tell show everybody that one. It's all good.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I just thought i f- I share with the, you know with all the viewers out there, they're like, you don't necessarily wear a hoodie. But yeah, today I'm just a little ashamed of my ball spot, so it's all good you know, father time, he don't, he don't chill for nobody.
1: <laughs> Not at all. You can't see the grades, but I got
0: <laughs> But anyway, man, it's been a crazy, crazy week of sports. You know, we could sit there and talk about MLB. We could talk about the Houston Astros because I sent an article earlier today. I didn't realize that this, this type of situation has gone down to the little league. Now, with the Houston Astros and we're going to come back to that. I just thought it was crazy that it got down to the little league, but let's talk about the moneymaker, the NFL, the possible CBA with uh, adding 17s to the playoffs and then adding an additional regular season game but taking back one preseason game. So what is your thoughts on that and uh, do you think it's more of a money grab or do you think it's something that's more worthwhile.
1: Oh, this is strictly about the money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got that new NFL TV contract that's like waiting in the pipeline. So the more games that you have, the more meaningful games that you have, the more money is going to be. So so from what we understand thus far, um, it's going to be 17 games, but they're going to take one game away from preseason. So it's going to be, in actuality, three preseason games which in actuality it's still four preseason games they're just moving one of the preseason games to an actual regular season game so in effect it's still the same amount of games they would play they really want to go to 18 but they're trying to nibble <laughs> and at least work 17 um, and then with the new playoff format that if the, uh, um, the uh, if, if the NFL um, play association does approve then you're going to sit there and have uh, uh, two additional teams added to the wild card, which means there's going to only be two buys um, going around, except two buys per conference. there's they're going to be one buy per conference. So for me, that means what, three wild card games in the, on a Saturday, three wild card games on a Sunday. So it was more football. So I'm like, it's all with it. But we all know it's about a money grab. And the more money, And I think it's going to be about $5 billion additional revenue added on top of everything. That's why they want to make sure they get this contract in place. So you get the contract in place, trust and believe that NFL TV contract, the new one, which is coming up, is going to be signed soon thereafter. Because now you're going to have more money because now you have another meaningful game to play. You have an additional um, playoff game. So, to me, it's all about the money. It's all about the owners lining their pockets. The question is, is the player association already going to go for that? Because there's been some rumors that not everybody's on board with another regular season game. But if the money's right.
0: Well, do they, uh, do they uh, expand the uh, the players' roster? From 53 maybe to 56 or 57 is one. And I'm sure that's probably not the case. Mm-hmm. Two, how does it how does it work out in the players' favor as far as making sure they line their pockets correctly? I guess those are my two big questions. And then three, I mean I guess having one less preseason game and that preseason fourth game, I guess uh, I guess, then do you bring fewer people to camp or you're just giving the, the ultimate starters and those who, you know, are going to make the team just, you know, they're just going to have to just worry about just the one preseason game instead of having at least two to get themselves together.
1: Oh, that's where the devil is in the details if you ask me, because that's where it's really going to decide. I mean, those are all good, valid questions. I mean, do you want to have some roster spots? I mean, because that's an additional week of um, punishment mm-hmm. that you're going to have against all these players. So you might want to tweak the, the roster, maybe add on, you know, a, a few additional guys, which means now those um, those deep rounds – in the, in the um, draft is going to really, you know, be meaningful because now you're going to have a few more people that you're actually going to have to keep on or there's going to be some more spots in training camps. So that is a good question. I mean, you would have to consider that.
0: I mean, because it would only make sense because you can't keep the same 53-man roster. I mean, if nothing else, if nothing else, at least you're the the practice squad. You know, you you may not put on as many, you may not have more than 53 players on the active roster, but at least expand your your, uh, practice squad to maybe, I think it's currently eight, maybe move it up to 11 or 12, and have those key players available. Because, you know, the first people that typically go down are linebackers, wide receivers, those who really contort their body and do things and make hard cuts. Are the one that typically tear the ACLs, their their their, uh, their ligaments, or their uh, you know rupture the AC, uh, rupture the Achilles. So I'm hoping those are some of the things that the players are sitting there looking at. Like, and then also if you're talking about five billion dollars more, obviously up in their uh, their salary, but also making it more lucrative to be a, a practice player too. <laughs>
1: yeah so like to me it's all about the money the player I mean the players are looking they're going to get some more out of this. um the owners definitely want to charge more i mean instead of having four preseason games and a fourth one, nobody really comes to because none of your starters actually play, so now you cut it to where now you' got three preseason games, which means that second actually it might make all the preseason games a little bit more interesting because now you don't have that throwaway game, you know, the fourth one where all the starters sit down and you're really evaluating who you want to keep on. Now it's going to be a question of how important do you place a value on preseason as opposed to regular season because you don't want to get anybody hurt needlessly. Right. So maybe, you play your, maybe you start playing your starters that first preseason game and then the half of that second season game. But they always have at least one game where you kind of do like that dress rehearsal tune-up. So will it be that, you know, that second game I'm thinking and that third preseason game will still be the throwaway game? I don't know. It's a lot of, a lot of interesting things going on.
0: I think if if I'm an owner and I got my my staff, my coaches and everything, I have to think that you have to beat it into your your team's head that if they're signed, that I understand that this is a business and you guys come into preseason where you're pretty much in shape. But now we're talking about OTAs mean more now. You know, off-season preparation means more. You know, now you really, if you were halfway in shape, now you really need to come in shape. The starters really need to be like the first game and half of the second game is your preparation now. (laughs) Because we really need to evaluate those that came into the draft and those undrafted free agents to determine whether we want to sit there and actually sign them. So I don't know if you want to go into the third game being with your starters, but then it would make more sense in a sense to have your starters start the game three because then when you're moving into preseason game four or de facto game one, you know, it's more like repetitious at that point. So I don't know. Now that I sat there and I talked it out, like as an owner, do I want to sit there and put my starters in week one? Or do I want to get all those guys that, you know, just kind of weighed them out weeks one and two and then have my guys maybe start weeks week three, but second half of week three. So that they have that continuous, you know, that continuous type of playing from the second half of week three, going into the first week uh, game, uh, week one.
1: Well, they want to charge money, so they don't want to hurt their prime assets that they're paying all these millions to. So, I would assume that game, and we're just saying based on the fact that we think <laughs> the players' association would actually sign this. But let's say, hypothetically, that they did. I would assume that your game two would be more like how your game three would be, and then your game three of your preseason would be more so your game four. Now, ideally, they probably would like to have it just at least one preseason game and then run it just like how college football does. But college football, those first two or three weeks, is really, in my opinion, all warm-up preseason games because all the top guys. Most of the time, are playing garbage teams anyway.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, that everybody can sit there and play the Detroit Lions or, <laughs> or Take the, it on the Lions or the second teams in the league the first couple weeks. So, I mean, I, I just don't know how. The only way I can sit there and see that huh, this is this may seem crazy. But the only way I can sit there and actually seem like it's is eventful and you're getting the best quality is that the XFL is gonna have to make its way where there's some longevity. And their season May or may not will have to blend into the NFL preseason, where those teams can then practice against their affiliates, and they get some meaningful, meaningful reps, meaningful plays, meaningful time, and kind of go from there. I know it sounds crazy, but that's the only way I can sit there and see that they can actually get some actual playing time. Meaningful playing time, useful playing time, and it not be kind of wasted.
1: Well, I guess it's all assuming that the that the XFL would be willing or wants to go in that kind of partnership with the NFL, which at this particular point, they have not said they are or want to. So, um Maybe they pulled the pin on the AFL league a little bit too soon, but <laughs> 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 who knows? But um, but, but then again, the owners signed off on it. They want their they want their really eighteen games, but they will settle for seventeen for now. But do you want that ten year contract that they probably want to t- attach to it? What about you know Roger Goodell's you know um um influence or power that he holds? Because right now he holds absolute power. Um, you know, judge, jury, and executioner, as it would say, how do they, you know, the franchise tag, is that going to be adjusted? You know, how is the salary cap? The money's going to be, you know, distributed. Are you going to get more? I've heard that they got um, bumps up in pay um, and bump up in um, benefits, like a lot, you know, more compensation as far as benefits is concerned. But will that be enough to make the players say yes i want to do that the owners are quick to put it out there so they can say hey we give them a contract but you know the devil is always in the details and i would be shocked if the players agreed to this one's that quick
0: of course because it's all because you know the bottom line is they're sitting there complaining about all the games being played but they're going to sit there and look at all this right here you know when they look at that Skrilla, that cheddar that Luke, Luciano, that doe, yeah. you know, the almighty dollar. <laughs> you know, they sit there and say, oh, as a league vet or a league minimum, I was getting $2 million, but now you're going to bump me up to six. You know, all those league vet jokers would be like, yes, I want in on that because they want more of that bottom line. But then when you got your top tier players, you're like, all right, but all I'm getting is another 3 or $4 million on top of this. This ain't really doing me nothing. You know, because when you make making fifty, if you make it fifty million, you go to fifty-five million. Oh right, yeah, that's five more million dollars. But when you make it two million, and you go to seven million dollars. That's a big difference.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I said, obviously, I would be shocked because I heard that Roger Goodell would like to have this all buttoned up and, and um and um approved by the players and and the owners before the combine starts. Um, I would be shocked if it's if it's agreed upon that quickly, For right now the players don't have an incentive because the contract runs out to, at the end of next at the end of next season, not now at the end of next season. So right now they're really not beholden to just take the first deal that the owners give give
0: them.
1: Well, obviously they can take their time. I mean, why rush? Because they're rushing a contract to you right now because. In one hand, they're giving you the contract for you to sign. In the other hand, they're getting that new TV deal in their hands that they want to sign and get the money as quickly as possible. But the players, in my opinion, there's no need to rush into it.
0: Well, think about it. You're you're missing the one big element, the one big uh, elephant in the room when it comes all down to this, that CTE element. If players are quick to agree to more money, And to me, they don't really give a damn about the CTE element and everything that NFL is trying to do to kind of combat CTE because they're sitting there saying, obviously this is a big deal, but obviously when they had the opportunity to make more money, they said to hell with the damn CTE, let's go ahead and get this paper.
1: Hmm. Well, it's all all about, you know, thinking about right now, not thinking about, you know, tomorrow or next year. It's all about the money you can make right now. and if I was advising players and I'm not a football player, if I was advising, I'd just say, take your time, read through it. Make sure you, when you come back with your counter offer, make sure that you have everything that you want in there. And then you're going to go back and forth. Don't just because Roger Goodell says, I want to have this thing taken care of before the combine. No, don't rush into it because you're going
0: to get sandbagged. Take your time. I agree. And if they don't sit there and make sure that the, uh, the past players, make sure they're taken care of, especially when it comes to this whole CTE epidemic. And you're not looking for, you know, because if you're not taking care of the past, you're definitely not going to take care of the future. So you got to look back in order to take care of what's going forward. So they definitely need to, like I said, take the time. It's, it's no rush. And the NFL, trust me, if they make it $3.5 billion now, the $1.5 billion that they're missing this year ain't going to hurt them. Because come next year, it'll probably be like two point five or three, and so, you know, it might be advantageous for the NFL and Dell on their side to sit there and wait and hold out because the networks know that this is their their cash maker, their money maker. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Where, where's the networks going to go? The NFL is is, is king on the block. You ain't going nowhere else to get that kind of you know you know paperback. No.
0: Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, you know, Fox Sports might try to get up on a deal to try to grab a game or two during the week. (laughs) You know, there's so much out there. NBC Sports might sit there and try to leverage something, you know, to just make it so that there's more games widely available for everybody to see.
1: Well, here's a good thing. Cut out Thursday night football because, to me, it's like, I can go without it.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, you see what it was. The NFL had no interest on Thursday night. But then, ES, but then college football came out. And then, when the Big East and some of these uh, particular conferences came out and said, We could do you know, college football on a Thursday, and it was wildly successful, the NFL sat back and was like, Huh, they're getting paper off this too? So, you know, the, 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 it's a the copycat league. <laughs> so, once the college was doing it and it was, became successful, they're like, Shh, We need to get up on this too. <laughs>
1: Shoot, I don't even watch the college footballs on Thursday nights. <laughs> see, that's the
0: thing, though. I think, personally, I think NFL doesn't make as much money. The NFL will make their money based on the particular markets that are playing that night. But overall, the average fan, in my opinion, will probably sit there and want to watch college football over pro football on a Thursday night. Just because it's always been a college football thing on Thursday night, probably within the past 10, 12 years. I know. I sat there, and watched my fair share of college football on a Thursday night. <laughs> well, that's because you got a college.
1: The- that's because you got a college football program you can actually follow.
0: Well, not not even that. But <laughs> I mean, I'll I'll be very honest. I've always I can't say I've always been, but maybe within the past 15 years, I've appreciated college football more so than NFL. I mean, college football has their fair share of corruption just like the NFL. NFL is more corrupt than college. But at least in college, those players still have something to play for. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) So it's like, that's where I kind of go with that. And there's still some sort of, there's still some sort of purity to the game because they realize there's still another level they can hit prior to that being the end-all, be-all. You know what I mean? So that's why it's like, I follow the NFL. Just let me know when the playoffs start. But with college football, is this like it's this? It's just the bees knees of football. Man?
1: <laughs> well, let's not get too off, far off target. Let's get back to the subject. It's all about the owners making more <laughs> money, more money, more money. <laughs>
0: I agree. I'm, am I opposed for a seventeen game season? I mean, you can get hurt in the fourth preseason game versus the first regular season game. So I say, no, God, you
1: can get hurt in the first preseason game. Should you can get hurt right in training camp, you can, you know, make a bad move, blow out your ACL, and you're done for the season.
0: Right, right. Well, if I if I had to guess, I, I'm not opposed to 17 games, you know. But if they're going to start talking about 18 games and 19 games, from then then who are these? Who are the teams practicing against that get themselves together and prepare for the season? unless you're going to make it mandatory that that teams sit there and practice and scrimmage against one another during the week.
1: And nobody's going to want to do that.
0: Exactly. So I think this is probably like the end of the road. I don't think they'll do more than 17 games in a regular season.
1: Not without more players and a lot more money.
0: And maybe if that's the case, then maybe expansion in other cities.
1: Well, <laughs> they haven't expanded in a while. <laughs>
0: but, I mean, there's plenty of teams – there's plenty of markets out there that are probably screaming for a professional team, but you probably don't get the the dollars that the NFL is looking for in order to make it viable. I mean, that's no different than all these college uh, conferences that don't, don't necessarily want to expand because the TV market doesn't make it so that it's worth their – value to sit there and add more teams to their conference so i guess that's where they're going with that too but if i had to, if i had to, i don't see why they haven't put a team in hawaii yet why not the whole damn damn country would embrace a, a football team in hawaii
1: <laughs> i don't see why not it is it's a u.s state and they're already flirting with playing games in london and freaking uh,
0: mexico city so exactly exactly you know and well Again, we're getting off topic.
1: <laughs> like said, it's all about the owners and it's all about money, money.
0: Well, you know, man, the almighty dollar talks. And when it talks, everybody sits there at, at, at attention and listens intently. <clears throat> so, with that being said, and you know baseball the elephant in the room. I'm going to come back to that.
1: all right where we going
0: we're going NBA
1: oh
0: and we're going to that that to that uh that shit show called the Cleveland Cavaliers (laughs) and I want to know what your thought was on the firing or stepping down before I came down it was the pre the the pregame show for NBA on TNT for philly in uh for Philly in Boston was, no was it Philly Boston? no Philly Brooklyn, and they were talking about beeline being fired, and Sir Charles was uh, pretty pissed off about Beeline getting fired, and that he thinks that those that the players were uh were pretty much ass hats or just, just, just jerks for getting beeline fired and whatever whatever. And the whole thing was that the players were pissed off because they were practicing harder, watching more film, <laughs> and then obviously the, the big the big thing in the room is when B-Line called them thugs, you know, and he kind of come back and say I meant slugs. But I mean, hell, just call a spade a spade. They probably were acting thuggish, and and thug doesn't necessarily mean a black or white thing, because thug could be thug could be thug. It doesn't that doesn't distinguish between black and white. <laughs> You know, but I think that's where the players took exception and they really started to turn on the coach. So with that all being said, what is your take on this whole situation? Do you think B-Line got a fair shake? Or do you think he got what he deserved?
1: In spite of the comments that he did make about them being slugs, (laughs) uh, we'll 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 go with ducks because he said exactly what he meant. no, he just got brought in this year to coach this team. Um, this is this is first year of the season. Correct me if I'm wrong. It right? is correct. correct. Five year contract. This is his first year. And oh boo hoo, the players are getting all mad because you're practicing a little bit hard. Boo hoo. You're getting you're crying, you're mad because you gotta watch a little bit more film. Boo hoo, you got your feelings hurt because you called your thugs and you probably was playing like shit. Let's call a spade a spade. The Cleveland Cavaliers suck. They suck right now. You don't have a very good team. And because your players, if that is the case, they're crying about more practice time, more field time. It's because you motherfuckers probably need it, but you're getting your money and the owners are not going to just cut cut bait with you. They're going to bring in a coach. That's going to be a lot more mild manner. That's going to be a lot more agreeable to the players. Someone that's probably not going to hold them accountable. Someone that's not going to hold their feet to the fire and treat them like the pampered, millionaire, bad team that they are. And I'm not up here going to defend, you know, defend the coach because those comments didn't help. Um, but you got to do what you have to do to get the team to play. However, I think he was ill-prepared to coach the NBA team. His sniffs of Dan Gilbert's bad management once again to the core to to say that this is my team, and to get as far away from the LeBron era, because everybody thought, and he probably did, LeBron was running the show, you went to the college ranks, got the coach out of Michigan, who, by the way, wasn't really posting all that good seasons with Michigan to begin with, but that's neither here nor there. You're going to bring them to coach the Cavaliers, and then those players over there are crying because he's making them probably play like they were still at college, but let's mm-hmm. face it, the team sucks. And he needed a little bit more work because a lot of these guys probably didn't deserve to come out the NBA when they did. <laughs> now, let me bring it all back. Like I said, I'm not defending the coach because he was still prepared to be that, you know, an NBA coach. However, you didn't get a full season. I mean, if Fisdale getting fired from the Knicks was a bad shake and that was a bad move in front of the fireman, it's going to bite them in the ass. This one was far worse, not because the coach is good, because the situation, the environment that you placed them in, and you kowtowed to the players instead of telling them to shut up, play harder, you know, watch more film, and maybe you'll be better. But nope. They followed the players, and they're going to get in a soft coach, and they're still going to suck.
0: Hey, the Knicks still suck. <laughs> no, they did go to a five-game winning streak there, but it still suck. hmm <laughs> Mr Mr Mr. Al. You've uh you've you've graced us with your presence from your mini hiatus. What's your take on the whole B line situation?
2: Uh-huh. First off, I like to apologize for my tardiness. Um yeah, it's it's part of work. It's part of a job. Tardy
1: to the party. Isn't that yeah. what um, the song
2: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> I, I quit the telling of of the, the, the you talking about the whole Cleveland Cavaliers. Tobacco,
0: correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Um, first things first, I, I, to be honest, I don't even blame the head coach. Uh, and I always say this you know, the head coach is always never, they're always the ones to get blamed for the tobacco when management should be held accountable as well. I said that with New York, um, with the firing of um, David Fisdale. I said that, you know, the GM should be fired as well. And the Knicks eventually did that, but it took them that long to realize that. Um, I think GM and the Cleveland side of things should be held accountable as well. You can't put these amount of players in. The system doesn't fit the players that they have. You brought in another point guard to play off of Colin Saxton, who was doing pretty well last season. And then to make things worse, the whole setup and dynamic of the Cleveland Cavaliers, the the, the the players itself, just didn't make up a winning culture. And you bring in a first-year head coach who, despite, you know, did everything, his culture, majority of his culture in college ranks, bring them into the NBA to get them prepared. He's not – he wasn't prepared for this. And I don't think he's – his attitude and his uh, – not attitude, but his, I guess, way of thinking – wasn't suited for the NBA, at least not at this stage. And the players rebelled from that, like bottom line. Not saying it was a good idea for the players to do it, but it just wasn't a a great fit. And you saw that with so many things that was going on, like you said, with the thug um, comment, with Kevin Love being upset, not too happy about, you know, how things were, the whole dynamic about it. Even Andre Drummond, who just got traded to Cleveland, um, was saying that the Cleveland Cavaliers is, is far worse this is a worse team than he was with the Detroit Pistons he's been there for just a week and he's already said that like for that to be said is just you just just shows the culture of it so I and the players didn't do themselves a, a a, a a a good thing by you know mocking the head coach you know playing thug music after he called them thugs playing nothing but thug music every time he's around i, I read reports about that as well mm-hmm. um so it, 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 you could tell that he wasn't the right fit he wasn't the right coach at all for this for those young players they needed someone who was more savvy more veteran savvy uh, a coach that would be able to teach them the ropes from an NBA standpoint, not from a college standpoint, because, truth be told, they're not playing college walls. so you can't run college plays in the NBA, and that was the gripe that the players had. Well, hold on. I think that
1: I think you can't run college plays in the
2: NBA. Yes, some, yes, but it's still from what I was told. The players felt like he was still in a co- a college coaching atmosphere. And which in terms goes with the, you know, not working hard enough and, you know, taking it, you know, it. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not, not like defending them or whatever the case may be. The point, the problem I have is just that if it's not the right culture, the right fit, like that's something that management should be held accountable for. Like you can't make a trade to try and fix something that was already broken. Like you should be held accountable and start new. And, I guess that's when they realized that, and they that's when he was relieved of his duties.
0: But have you guys followed B-Line as far as a coach and his style of play?
2: Yes. Yes, for yes, especially in Michigan.
0: Yes. Okay. So obviously, and I'm not trying to be a homer, mm-hmm. the situation that he was the coach of West Virginia prior to going to, to Michigan. Mm-hmm. And he ran... Back then, he was running that type of style of offense that, you know, they were jacking up threes left and right, mm-hmm. type of team that he was running in West Virginia, mm-hmm. definitely the type of team he was running in <clears throat> Yes. And that's the way the style of the NBA is now, is now turning to, is jacking up threes left and right.
2: No, 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 without question. But that's why I'm saying I'm not blaming this style of play. I'm blaming management for fitting the wrong pieces into the style of play that he was trying to implement. That's where I'm coming from. Is you, you, you know that majority of the Cleveland team, not saying majority, but most of the Cleveland team is not known for their shooting. Kevin Love is probably the only person that you would rely on a three-point shot. But yet – most of them is not relied on for their shooting. So why would you bring in people that you know, you just brought in Andre Drummond. When was the last time he shot a three? You see what I'm saying? Like the whole process of it was wrong, was a bad mix, was a bad culture. And it didn't help anything, the fact that the players wasn't making the shots they were supposed to be taking. And maybe that would have been, you know, The management should have known this, and that's why I'm saying if you are bring in a first-year head coach and you know what his strengths are, you should cater to what his strengths are for the team. You can't bring in bad shooters and thinking that he will be able to fix them if he's running that same office that's catered to three-point shooting. And like he has to make that change now and make an adjustment to something that he's not suited for for a team that is obviously that doesn't have enough shooters, so have to go a different route on the offensive side. and then having to go an offensive a different route than what what he's known for. It's a bad mix, which in turn is why I go back to management because management should have known that and catered to his strengths rather than his weaknesses. You can't bring in people, draft players, that are not three-point shooters if you have a coach that's a three-point shooting coach. I agree.
0: I agree. Okay. I'm glad for the clarification. I sorry. You.
2: Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 and that's what makes it so I can't blame the players and I can't even blame the coach. I blame more of the management for this. And I said this the same way I say New York. If you bring in somebody that you're coaching knows what their strengths and weaknesses are, you don't cater to the weakness, you cater to their strengths. Right. That's what, what always, makes them successful. I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah, which is why I always thought when I said before, I thought maybe the hire, initially, I thought the hire of Breeland was a bad hire anyway, because I mean, I didn't think he warranted a bump up to, um, i bump up to the NBA coaching. Um, but like you said, you put them on a the team. All right, the cupboard's bare. LeBron James is gone and everybody else jumps ship. So now you're left with the remnants of what happens when you have a LeBron James team. You have nothing but garbage after the fact. And you will have yeah. to draft picks to go along with it. So like you said, it's up to management to make some things happen. Give the man some horses to run with but you really didn't give him any horses to run with so now what you got is players that don't fit his offense maybe he should have changed maybe the players should have changed he was all debatable but I still think it was a bad situation all the way around like I said I'm not defending him at all from the comments that he made however it was a bad I think it was a bad hire to
0: start with So, so do you think do you think Cleveland should have been forward-thinking, like say the Houston Rockets, uh, the way they're thinking now, and probably try to go to a more small-ball sort of situation, and get the shooters that he wanted, and put Love at the five, and just kind of run that route and to see where it takes you?
1: Yeah, but then what are you building? Because the Houston Rockets are trying to win right now, so their small ball is basically a last-ditch effort for them to try to, you know, you know, get a championship. I don't think it's going to work, but that's their last-ditch effort. If I'm Cleveland Cavaliers, you got to start from the, the ground up. And playing small ball is – if you're trying to build back up to being a competitive, you know, team that makes a playoff run, that's not the mindset to go in if you're trying to build long-term.
0: But, I mean, but let's look at the – we know, unlike the Western Conference, the Eastern Conference is going to bring at least two, maybe three teams that are under 500 to make the top eight. So it don't hurt to try to go small ball. It don't hurt to try to get four shooters out there and Kevin Love, and you know he's a shooter. And Kevin Love played some of his best basketball when he was, you know, when his back was down in the post, but then he could pop out, hit threes, and knock it down in your eye. So I don't know why they wouldn't sit there and try to go and generate an offense around that. And then bigger than that, if b came in before the draft last year, he knows the players. He's like, look, if that player is still around, and that's a Michigan player, I want him because I can plug him in right then and there. And he's on the cheap. And if it doesn't work out, we just get rid of his ass and bring somebody in.
2: <laughs> Again, which in terms go back to management right (laughs) because if coach is saying this is not going to work with the pieces that i have except the management to say all right we'll surround you with the pieces that you want to keep but what's killing is about he wasn't even utilizing kevin love as the focal point and still not using kevin love as a focal point (laughs) now that andre Drummond is there they're using him as a focal point because there was trade talks of them trying to of Kevin Love being traded somewhere else before the trade deadline. He wanted to go to Portland. So, you know, it's so many things that, like, it still puzzles me, like, how Cleveland is. And you're right with Houston because Houston is trying to win now. And that small ball is working for them. And look how management is doing because now they're catering to what is Houston's strength, which is the three-point shooting and the small ball defense. Like, just now they – signed jeff green and damari carroll like two shooters who plays defense. so it it only helps them and strengthens their strengths like cleveland hasn't done anything at this stage to say you know what let's cater to this to our team strengths and right now that's the reason that's the difference between management that wants to win and management that doesn't really know exactly what it is that they're doing i
0: agree i agree well, I guess it will be interesting to see where Cleveland kind of kind of, kind of uh, winds up, and and then uh, one last it's question. I
1: think I'll wind up as a high draft pick
2: in the lottery. I will say this: I mean, of course, J.B. Bickerstaff is right now the interim coach, but they really need to find someone that could be the voice of that team. And um, I'm telling them like, they should really have a hard look at Mark Jackson. As one of the, one of the candidates, not because of, you know, but I'm just saying he can definitely put a young team and give them the experience that they need. Plus he, he used to be, I mean, he was a point guard. He had, they have two point guards that they just drafted that can help them out tremendously. I'm just saying.
0: Wouldn't be a bad look.
2: Wouldn't be a bad look. It'd
0: be interesting. He definitely could, you know, I mean, they can't go any worse.
2: That is also, also true. You
0: know, that's also true. That bad when he's at Golden State, personally. You know, I guess that's debatable. <laughs> but I, I guess this is my last NBA comment. I, this is more of an observation than anything else. But you know, do you guys find it funny or odd? No, not odd so much, but this funny where a lot of these players are getting bought out, and then they're saying, "I'm going here." I'm going here. Like you just mentioned Jeff Green and the other cat going to Houston. And then I think there was another cat that just got bought out and he's going to the Clippers.
2: Reggie Jackson.
0: Right. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, so in other words, the West is just getting stronger and deeper and the East is just sitting there standing pat.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, at this stage, if I was Reggie Jackson, I probably would go to the Clippers too. It gives them the best chance of winning. Um, Makes them more dangerous. I mean, of course, he's gonna to have to share minutes with Patrick Beverly, of course. But I think that they'll, it somehow they'll make that work. Um, but it, we are living in a, in, a, in an age where players can get to choose wherever they want to go at this stage. So ring chasing, ring chasing, which is funny because I, not once have I heard anybody saying that they want to go to, to the Lakers yet.
0: Nobody trying to play with LeBron. You know, LeBron gets what he wants at the very beginning of the season and everything else just kind of plays out. <laughs> yeah. Well, as we're getting oh, down Wait,
2: wait. Wait, whoa, whoa. sorry. Side note, uh, FYI, it, um I I don't know if if it's true. Excuse me, but I heard that there was rumors that um JR Smith worked out for the Lakers. Um I think it was a couple of days ago, or last week, or late last week.
1: Um, J.R. Smith? Really?
2: LeBron's going gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I to... <laughs> yeah, I just found that very amusing. I found that very amusing. So that was just, I'm sorry about that, but continue.
0: Oh, well, well, jr Smith, wow. I guess he's uh, ring chasing this one more, uh, trying to get that last little bit of paper. But uh, I guess before we wrap it up, you know, it wouldn't be... I guess we used to say AB was, you know, the gift that just kept on giving when it came during the offseason between this leading up to the playoffs the Super Bowl whatever. But now that we learn more and more about the Houston Astros and everything they got going on. Wow. <laughs> I mean, the fallout is so bad. that you, you know, you got major players that are there, you know, speaking out and saying a whole bunch of crap. But now when, the, when it gets down to the little league level, and you got Little League commissioners and, and, and uh, regional, you know, regional divisions that sit there and say, you know, we're not telling you you shouldn't change your team name from the Astros, but we won't stop you from carrying the Astros as your team name. I thought that was really, really big because I read that article today on ESPN when they sat there and said that, you know, it pretty much just boils down to that these kids idolize these players. And if they feel as though if they can use the Astros' names, that they can sit there and try to cheat on that level when it comes to Little League. And and I sat there and I think about my Little League times and I listened to my coaches and, like, never once in my million years did I sit there and think that because I played for the Mets in Little League, you know, and the Mets had their miracle year in 86 that my coaches were sitting there and saying, we got to emulate the, 96, the 90, 1986 Mets. But for kids to sit there and idolize the Houston Astros and what they did and that the coaches would sit there and and give it thought <laughs> that maybe we could sit there and emulate the Astros' practices, it's really mind-blowing to me. And I'm just curious about you guys' takes. Like, are 9, 10, 11, 12-year-olds that much impressionable about what's going on in, the, in professional major league baseballs that they will sit there and want to Mimic them on a cheating level? I mean, that's that's kind of crazy to me.
1: Well, I, mean, I mean, everyone is always trying to get a competitive advantage um, over another person in any sport. I mean, be it baseball, football, basketball, hockey, you name it. There's always someone or some team trying to get that competitive advantage. So... And people are always going to, you know, step as close to the line as they possibly can with the flirting with being, you know, legal or illegal, moral or immoral. So um, people are always going to do that. So but we live in a day and age where everyone is such prisoners of the moment and such, you know, has to be the first person to come out to be the most outraged and to be the most, oh, my goodness, about a certain thing happened. Um, The Houston Astros cheated, or however you want to call it. Um, The players, team management, everyone is is accessible. But to take the the name away from the team, if that's what you want to do, and everybody's in agreement with it, yes, I think that's being a little bit too over the top with it. Um, because prior to this, the Houston Astros did have a history, a long, a long-standing history before these last couple of years, um, where things got a little murky and, you know, the cheating scandal. So I'm with you, Ace. I mean, I didn't really think it was that deep when you started hearing Little League teams talk about, we don't want to use the Astros name because the Houston Astros cheated. I find it. I find it ironic how some people are the, what they choose to be very pissed off about in baseball. Now, we can bring it back to PDs, steroids. I still see a lot of people walking around with Barry Bonds. I still see a lot of people walking around with A-Rod. I don't see any Sammy Sosa, but I still see a few Mark McGuire jerseys out there. So people are still wearing that stuff after the fact. But the Houston app, so baseball just – it annoys the hell out of me sometimes as far as what they choose to be that pissed off about. And <laughs> I find the players coming at them absolutely funny. I mean, David Ortiz damn near called Mike Fryers a snitch <laughs> 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 for, for, for exposing an actual scandal. Um yet he yet the which I find even more ironic because he's Still Boston Red Sox through and through. And the Boston Red Sox got some issues coming up, which hasn't even got addressed yet. So you're trying to, on the one hand, cover and placate the Boston fans, but then you're trying to come at this other guy for being, which he didn't do anything wrong. He just said, this is what was going on. But people going to call him a snitch. Anyway, not to get too far off topic, I just think that with the Little League teams, I think it's a little bit too over the top, but – if that's what you want to do to make yourself feel the most outraged and to say, we're not going to be Astros. We're going to be not, I don't know. It's- Man, look,
0: you talk okay. about, about uh, old boy B. The snitch, but, you know, he's, he's just a hairline fracture away from being listed in that damn book with all the damn steroid users. Because, you know, everybody looking at Big Papi, like, come on now, you trying to tell me Manny, Manny Ramirez was caught up on this and you two were like number one or number two in Boston. And you had nothing to do with that? You know, and everybody looking at you with the side eye like, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Like, really? You got to know to call somebody a snitch? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Almost oh. a pot calling the kettle black. <laughs> yes, yes. You better make sure your house is,
1: your house is clean before
2: you exactly. start calling.
0: <laughs> exactly. I'm like, exactly. I'm like, dude, I'm like, ah, man, <laughs> you- one thing that's a little bit wrong yeah <laughs> down on that report. <laughs> exactly. that whole legacy of the Red Sox is this tainted mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: that's funny
1: <laughs> yeah and how much of the pitches did you know before you, <laughs> <laughs> before you uh, bowed out because there's an awful lot of times where I've seen some games where you weren't doing anything and then all of a sudden you just have that one hit that basically just changed trajectory of the game. But let's say for eight, eight innings, he wasn't doing
2: shit. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) And it's funny because you know what? A lot of people are going to be looking at that now, not just with David Ortiz, but just like with players in general, like, yo, it seems like every time that like the first couple of innings, you, you know, like first, like you said, the first eight innings, you suck. And then the ninth inning, all of a sudden you just started, you know, like you just started coming out of nowhere, just finding your groove. Boom, like, a lot of people shot homer over, over to the left field, over to exactly, Green monster. Exactly. Like, where was this for like the last <laughs> eight innings. Exactly. People are going to be looking at you side-eye like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I wonder, I wonder. <laughs> no, nah, but I'm going to be honest, and I'm going to be real quick about this. This is all adults. I don't think the kids really care at this stage about the cheating scandal they just feel like they just want to play and, well let's be honest like anything that they do to get advantage is not really the kids asking for it it's the parents to an extent do you really think a kid is going to be like yo i need a hidden machine to keep up with you know my pitches and make sure i'm practicing and doing this you know for a fact that kids is like i just want to play
0: uh, oh wow!
2: Okay. okay, okay, okay. All right, all right. So, all right. So, let me, let me, let me, let me bring that back. So, <laughs> you believe that at nine and ten years old, that the kids is thinking about ways to jump ahead
0: in baseball? Yeah. Really? Wow. And I and I say that because you know I well, played, I, I, I played yeah. the and I remember when I played little league, I used to think that I was Don Mattingly. And I would try to emulate his swing. I would try to be the first baseman that he was. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: You know, but social media, the way things are being broadcasted nowadays, you know, you're talking about 10 years old, you're talking about 30 years ago when I sat and thought that I was Don Manley. No I saw what I saw when I saw a game on WPIX Channel 11. You know, nowadays, these kids at 9 and 10... They got access. They got behind-the-scenes access. They got this access. They got that access. They see how they're practicing. They got they got all this crap. <clears throat> no, no, I get that. I'm not
2: saying that. What I'm saying is as far as the actual cheating is concerned. Like, all right, I'm going to, you know, at the first season, all right, like if I'm playing during the midseason, I'm like, all right, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get – I'm going to ask my dad, let me get a hitting machine so I can practice every day and night so I could be better, or I'm going to find ways to cheat where I'm greasing up the, the, the ball and putting pine tar up before throwing a pitch. You know, things like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying, okay, all right, maybe you have. <laughs> maybe you have. I, I'm well, not going to say anything.
0: Well. <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh,
2: I
1: will say before. Uh, let me save you for myself. <laughs> You don't, have to go any, you don't have to go any further. You can just say maybe there are some people that want a, a
2: better competitive advantage.
0: There you
2: go. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. You know what? I'm going to stop.
0: <laughs> because because I remember as a kid, I used to want to throw spitballs, but spitballs were illegal.
2: <laughs> okay. Okay.
0: All right. Okay. So it's like, yeah, you know, it's I can see it, but I just I just think it's this really, really crazy that because a team, a little league team is associated with a name yeah. that will sit there and try to go to stoop to that level where a coach can sit there and say, look, we're not going to be – we can keep the Astros, but we're not going to go to that level and say we're going to cheat and try to steal signs. But then
2: but but again, that's why my question is, do you think that it's the kids that's even saying this, or this is more so the hype behind just having the the, the Astros' names? because I don't think the kids care just because they're the astros that it means that they're going to try to do things to cheat um or, or cheat a game. I just think that with all the conversation behind it, I could see parents and managers saying, okay, we don't want to be associated with the Astros um because of their cheating ways. I don't think the kids just wanna go out and play and be the best that they wanna be. They, I don't think if you tell them that, you know what, we're keeping the Astros name or we're getting rid of it, I don't think they're gonna really care. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay, all right, never mind. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, let me I, if you I, I, wait, 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 so so let me see if I right, so I right, right, so you're telling me that like nine or ten years old, like if you're particularly tuned to that one team, mm. um and you're like you're you're you love one team, and they get to choose you. Be, you know they'll tell you, "Hey, you're pick, you're this team, and you know you're this team." So, uh, Astros fan, uh, Astros, a kid that's an Astros fan that belongs to the Astros little league. You're telling me that they would care whether or not to keep the name or let go of the name.
0: I think, as a fan, yes, especially as a kid at that age, impressionable, yes. Okay. I will they sit there and go to stoop to the level of actual cheating. I don't think that they'll invest that much technology into Little League. No, yeah, yeah. But it's not to say that those kids wouldn't sit there and try to devise some sort of scheme on a ten year old level. <laughs> yes, I will think that. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> and the parents are probably sit there and be like, really? <laughs> But, then, but as a, but as an adult sitting there looking thinking about a ten year old scheme like fuck it why not <laughs> you know <what> <laughs> like, it's like they get asked like look they're ten like I knew this was gonna work but you know <laughs> I all
2: right know. I, 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 I you know what I, I listen to you saying that now it just brought me back. Cause my son, he plays on a team, a um, basketball team, and every time I see him, he's like developing a scheme, like a, on defense to make sure that the other team can't score, or they got an offensive set. And I'm sitting here looking at him like, "You really think it's going to work?" So, after hearing what you just said, I, I, I get it now. I I get it now. Yeah. I get it
0: now. <laughs> but I, I guess you know, with you know, just the kind of ring and all that. You know, do I fault those regions, those uh, regional teams or those particular states or districts that sit there and want to ban them? No, but I just never thought that. It know, would get to this level. Right. You know, just like you said, that it's ridiculous how they'll turn the blind eye to uh, Mark you know, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa on steroids, doing all this to help baseball get back to relevance. <laughs> but you get mad. They be banging on trash cans because you're throwing a fastball. <laughs> so I mean, I guess tomato, tomato. I guess when it comes to that situation.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the major leagues, man, it's it's going to be very interesting when the when the season starts because the commissioner he didn't do anything. I mean, he gave all the players immunity to go after the organization as a whole. So you get the manager you get the gm president saying oh well we don't think it really mattered that much everyone's tone deaf it's going to be interesting how the players see it i mean dusty baker even knows he's like you guys got to watch you know what kind of retaliation you no know, pitch is going to come the way at the houston astros and i think there's probably going to be some not some there's going to be quite a few teams that's probably going to do something um, to the Houston Astros, especially when it comes to the L.A. Dodgers and the Yankees. Now, I don't know what that may or may not be, but those two games are going to be quite interesting come, um, you know, come the season. But once the season starts, the games are being played. You're going to hear about that probably the first week, the first couple of games. Once the season keeps going, it'll die down.
2: But I will say this, though at the beginning of the MLB season, any team that's playing Houston Astros is going to be much watch TV. I
0: agree. Yes, yes. But if you if you guys get an opportunity to catch Sports Center or MLB Tonight on the MLB Network or anything that kind of focuses on a little bit of baseball, like all these teams got straight-up jokes when it comes to the damn Astros. Like I saw a clip today with the Toronto Blue Jays where there was a dude acting like he was playing on a drum set and shit. And the rest of the team was just sitting around just clapping. <laughs> he was, like, mimicking this, like, I had a full drum set going on. I'm like, dude, I mean, like, they are really, like, that's a level of petty <laughs> that is just ridiculous. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, for real? Like, it was like it was, like he's playing aerodromes, but he had, like, little barrels that if he were actually banging on a barrel, this would it be like. <laughs> but it was, like, a full drum set. I was yeah. like,
1: <laughs> and, and, and at no point, and I guess they must have been that good, but at no point they sitting there banging on these trash cans, they didn't even want to sit there and just be like, wait a tick, why do they keep doing that?
0: But the thing about it was like, I heard that the Yankees, the Red Sox, like teams knew about it and they were warned about it, but it's like, what you going to do about it? <laughs> <laughs> L- lose? <laughs> Because it was interesting. Somebody made up the point when the, in the 2017 series when the Yankees was kicking the, the Houston's Houston's butt. And then they went back down to, to the Astros and lost three straight. Because they only did what they were doing at home. They didn't do it on the road.
1: Because the technology was at home.
0: Exactly. 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 You know, so it was like, you got to love it, man. You got to <laughs> love the problem. You know, they – NFL just had to patch the, you know, pass the torch on to the NBA, uh, to the MLB, just because it's coming up into the baseball season. So NFL is like, let's take a little bit of heat off of us. Let's just pass it off to the MLB, and then we'll bring it back to us come, you know, midsummer or whatever when AB gets signed by a team and blah blah blah. blah.
1: So, providing the commissioner will, you know, give him a pass, and he probably
0: will. Of course, because of course, him. yeah. Instead of five billion, it'd be five point five billion because the AB. <laughs> Money. Well, fellas, man, it's it's always a pleasure. I know we're coming up on time. I don't know if there's anything else that kind of stuck out with you during the week that you just might want to address really quickly before we get before we finish tonight. Uh, Kyrie Irving, done for the season? Dude, I told you that last at the beginning of the season. <laughs> <laughs> told he's you he was crazy. off again, on again. <laughs> well,
1: he's totally off
0: again. <laughs> He'll be good next year.
1: <laughs> and Klay Thompson – I'm um, saying he's not coming back, which which I don't blame him at all.
0: And Stephanie to say the same bad thing.
1: Got you damn right.
0: <laughs> no sense he has to no reason
1: to start playing games in March. What the hell for? They're bad. They're not going anywhere. Why you wanna play? Just if Clay is not playing, mm. then you don't play. You you
2: boys deserve it.
0: <laughs> Anything for you, Mr. Gross? Mm.
2: I really don't have anything to say. I thought that the um, – well, I do I take that back. I thought that the NBA All-Star game was pretty interesting in the fourth quarter.
0: Uh, yes, I need to I need to catch that on uh, on demand or in some sort of replay to sit there and yeah. kind of watch that. I heard it was really- –
2: But I will say this. I do believe that Aaron Gordon got robbed. Um, I don't care what Derek Jones says. I think that Aaron Gordon's dunk contest was – I rank that a little bit above what Derek Jones did.
0: Uh, it wasn't clean, man.
2: <laughs> I, I don't. I don't totally agree with that. Oh, really? Oh, we got a debate next time.
0: <laughs> I, 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 I don't agree with it. Either. If it was clean, then yes, by all means. But it wasn't clean.
2: Wait, Aaron's wasn't clean. Not over taco. No. Oh, taco oh no, there. the taco. Okay, yeah, all right. I, I I grant you that the taco one was not clean at all. That one, but the one where he did the reverse uh, when he cut oh, it off
0: the side of the backboard—I
2: thought that was the best dunk of the night.
0: Ooh, the, like the Statue of Liberty.
2: Yeah. He, yeah, that one was tight. I that was one of the best dunks of the night. That was but, tight. But uh, I mean, I'm not going. I, I felt that was the best dunk, period, by far, by far. So, but like I said, that's a debate, and I'm not going to argue that Derrick Jones shouldn't have won. But I just felt that so Aaron deserved that.
0: A little bit. I think the, so, I think the white boys should have won personally, but, you know, that was me. <laughs> we can we're,
2: come back to that next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can come back to that next week. We can talk about that next week.
0: All right, well, fellas, uh, I guess we'll talk about XFL next week, too. You know? uh, yes. Uh, touch on that. Look like the D.C. squad is probably the squad to beat this year. Um, Well, with that being said, and as we're coming over time, uh, where can folks uh, kind of reach you? On social media.
1: Find me at Twitter, Snapchat, or the gram, uh G E Ross, the number seven.
2: And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Qualls. Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Qualls.
0: You can find me on Twitter, cat daddy one nine six three. That's cat daddy one nine six three on Twitter. Well fellas, once again, it's always a pleasure. I know we always seem to miss something, but you know, we definitely Touched on some topics that were near and dear to what we thought was uh, crucial to discuss. So uh, with that being said, I'd like to thank everybody out there for tuning in and listening. Uh, I believe this is our first time being live on YouTube. If you're sitting there watching, we we truly appreciate. Uh, Hope you got some feedback. You know, let us know what you think, what you missed, questions, concerns. And that goes on all platforms and we're pretty much everywhere. So if you're missing us, then there's a problem so with that being said I'd like to bid a fair do, a farewell i Ole until next week so guys don't explore